Good evening, everyone. I'm Anne-Marie Cronin, and I'll be hosting a special live broadcast tonight on News Talk 760 WJR. We're going to be talking about the prevention of disease and the urgency of taking action before the onset of serious medical problems. Dr. Brian Collender, MD, internal medicine physician and specialist in prevention, is here tonight to tell you what you need to know about how to avoid heart attack and stroke altogether and what you need to do to prevent Alzheimer's and many other chronic diseases. If you have a question, we're opening up the lines and taking your calls, so please make a note of this number, 800-859-0957. Again, that's 800-859-0957. We'll be repeating it throughout the show, so this is your chance to talk directly to the doctor. Stay tuned and we'll be right back. You're listening to News Talk 760 WJR. Again, I'd like to welcome all of you to a special medical radio show here on News Talk 760 WJR. I'm Anne-Marie Cronin, and we are here to, tonight to talk to you about prevention and why you have to start looking at healthcare from a different perspective. Dr. Brian Collender, MD, is joining us from Birmingham, Michigan, to give us some hard talk about dealing with our health and making sure we get the necessary testing. We're inviting you to call in if you have a question at 800-859-0957. Again, that's 800-859-0957. Dr. Collender, certainly welcome back to the show. Let's talk about what's going on right now with the COVID updates we've been talking about on the break. Well, we, we're talking about that the Delta virus is uh, the, the variants acting up in certain areas of the country. Um, obviously not everywhere, but in certain locations where the vaccination rate is lower, there's surges of uh, people coming down with bad cases of COVID. Can we talk about what the Delta variant is compared to what we all know is the regular COVID of the past year? So there have been variants that come up, um, and there's many, many variants of a virus. So it's normal for a virus to have some mutations, but some of the mutations have been more clinically relevant. And so this particular variant um, has been more important to people. Again, it depends where you are in the country, where in the world, different regions of the world have had different variants. Um, but this is a big problem in India. It's a problem in the United States. Brazil obviously has had all kinds of problems with COVID. Um, but so these are slight variations so that if you were exposed to one version of COVID, maybe an earlier, the original version, it's possible that um, you aren't as immune to this mutation, the slightly changed genetic code, um, if you were not vaccinated. So it looks like vaccination provides some additional level of immunity beyond what immunity you might get from being exposed to the virus. But people were getting really sick in the beginning. They were going to the hospital, and from the hospital they were going on to a ventilator where they stayed on for weeks and weeks on end and then eventually probably died. I mean, how serious are the ramifications of, of this variant? I mean, is it just as deadly, just as dangerous? I don't think that it's as deadly as it was in the beginning when it was truly novel. And so it's possible that the people getting Delta were previously exposed so that they have some antibody exposure. 
I think what this is telling us really is just how much we don't know. It's not, this isn't about, you know, where are we and what's going on. It's, it's, it's about what we do not know because, you know, in April we came on the show and declared COVID's over. It obviously isn't, you know, you all listen to whatever TV show. And so, you know, person say something different. Um, we've had people on the show, you know, uh, a few weeks ago say, you know, just what I was saying, which is COVID's over. If you've been exposed, you're immune. You have long-term immunity stored within your bone marrow, and it's over. Um, apparently, it isn't because people with uh, who've not been vaccinated are getting this Delta virus. Now, it may not be as bad, but people are in the hospital. They're taking up space. They're using up ventilators. They may not be dying because we've got better treatments. That, I was about ready to ask you that. Are, are just as many people are going into the hospital, but they're not not winding up on ventilators, walking down to a death sentence because they they have treatments now that they didn't have before. It's better, but they are still getting intubated on on ventilators. Again, maybe not to the degree that they were before. But I watched one news piece where that hospital did run out of ventilators for some period of time. Recently, over the Delta yeah, variant, yeah. I see. So it's just not happening locally. And again, it depends who you're watching. Uh, well, here it comes back to the whole beginning, which is we are not getting the information we need to hear to act on our own behalf. All we're hearing is go get a vaccine and we're not given the data, you know, to make us feel that we're being told the right thing from us. So, I mean, we we're none of us are afraid to say that we've all been vaccinated. Um, I continue to encourage vaccination. Even before we were saying COVID's over, I would say still can't hurt to get vaccinated for the same reason I would tell you today, which is it's more exposure to the virus so that your body's as equipped as it could be to handle whatever comes. And it turns out that that's probably still good advice, even after hearing from other experts who suggest getting COVID is the same as getting the vaccine. That doesn't seem to be the case based on what's happening in some parts of the country with the Delta. Mm hmm. Well, the other thing is, I mean, I think we're still kind of more confused now than ever before, because as you're out and about in public, you see people wearing masks, you see people not wearing masks, you don't know who's been vaccinated, who hasn't been vaccinated. So I think it sort of gives you a sense of you don't really know whether you're putting yourself at risk for exposure um, because you don't know who's been vaccinated and whether or not that's worth anything. Well, if you're vaccinated, you shouldn't have to worry because you know, your risk of getting a severe version of uh, the Delta variant is very low. And your chance of spreading it to somebody else is is very low. And I'm going to say on both ends, the, the chance of those happening is practically zero. So I don't see why that we should have to worry about wearing masks. And we aren't unless you have to go into a doctor's office or you're an employee at a business that sees people. All right, let's come back and talk about this on the other side of the break. Again, you're listening to a special live broadcast with Dr. Brian Collender, MD. He's talking about his practice, prevention, and bringing you up to date on COVID. If you have a specific question and you'd like to talk to the doctor directly about what you need to do to prevent catastrophic disease, please call 
at 800-859-0957. Again, that's 800-859-0957. You're listening to News Talk 760 WJR. It led to the market crash. I mean, as I'd like to let you know, we're welcoming you to our special medical radio show on News Talk 760 WJR. We're back again with Dr. Brian Collender, MD, internal medicine physician and specialist in prevention in Birmingham, Michigan. He's here tonight to give us some hard advice on what we need to do to avoid heart attack and stroke. Altogether, we're inviting listeners to call in with your questions at 800-859-0957. Again, that's 800-859-0957. Dr. Collier, over the break, we've been talking about COVID, and I asked you the question of how do you know when you're sick enough to have to go into the hospital? Well, again, this is stuff we talked about a year ago. We're still talking yeah, about it. Well, because it's still here, and, you know, people may not have the ability to get to a doctor. They don't know who to talk to. Um, Their doctors are all in telemedicine. You cannot get an urgent appointment. If you end up going to an urgent care, they just send you to the emergency room, you know, if you test positive. If you don't go to urgent care, you just go to the emergency room anyway. So not being able to access primary care is a failure of our system to have this access. And, you know, one of my favorite things to talk about in the future is going to be the ridiculousness of the concept of access. So here you are, and we're talking about Medicare for all to get access to people. It doesn't matter what insurance you have or don't have. You can't see a doctor if you're sick. You end up in the hospital. So are these hospital numbers inflated because of that? Well, it was happening all the COVID. Is anyone getting hydroxychloroquine? I know it's a dirty word and you can't say it, but, you know, is anyone doing anything for a patient? Are they making sure their patients are on vitamin D, on zinc, on all the basics we talked about a long time ago? I don't know. Yeah, but I think basic access is a mess because having come back from Costa Rica where I had both vaccines... And had to get a COVID test to enter the USA, got back into the USA and was told by my doctor, sit around for either get another COVID test or sit around for two weeks before you call back and we'll do a telemedicine with you because you've been out of the country. That's ridiculous. The CDC is a joke. Those are all CDC guidelines. No, absolutely. It's a joke. So that alienates people even more. But Siobhan's got a caller. Yeah, we've got a caller on the line. So we have Ron in Roseville on the line. Ron, what's your question? Uh, Dr. Collender. Uh, I had a major heart attack in 2002, and thank God I had a buddy who's in the health food. So they put two stents in the right coronary artery, and I didn't have any problems until 2007. Then I started to get the exact same chest pain. So I called him. He said, uh, send your son over. So he gave me EDTA, uh, and you take it till the bottle's empty. In two days, the chest pain stopped. And I haven't had any chest pain since, but I do take a bottle of it every six months. Uh, and it's actually, well, you know, it's chelation therapy. Yes, I don't I hear do. much about it. And I think it could help a lot of people. Well, 
you know, I, I'm not sure what to say about you being your own doctor mm-hmm. <laughs> now. I'm say you're, you know what they say for a doctor who takes care of himself. Mm-hmm. He's got a fool for a patient. <laughs> yeah. And so you might be on that path, uh, Ron. Ron, thank you. So I would encourage you to also seek some professional advice on what else you might be missing. But to talk about chelation, there is a study. Um, so chelation, let me back up briefly, is a uh, treatment where um, you get uh, an artificial amino acid given intravenously. Now, you're doing pills, but the study is based on IV therapy. And so this is an IV of, of an artificial amino acid along with a bunch of vitamins, and you take vitamin pills, and it pulls heavy metals out of your blood. And the idea is that heavy metals, or I'll say toxic metals, are acting as a uh, uh, stimulating ne- you know, reactions that cause inflammation at the lining of your artery so that you're kind of removing um, something that generates increased enzyme activity so that your, bo- your arteries have a chance to heal and dilate. So you're doing oral chelation, which is obviously helping you, at least we think, but there may be many other conditions causing you to have heart disease, which you are not paying attention to because you're treating yourself. So, uh, so before you die, uh, I recommend that you get, you know, professional advice. Well, he must advice. have a doctor. He has a doctor. Well, his buddy's a healthcare food get- provider is giving him EDTA. That's uh-huh, his doctor. Oh, I see. Okay. That's his doctor. So... I'm happy you're alive. I'm happy EDTA and chelation, oral chelation is helping you, but there's more to it than just that. Well, maybe we can recommend what sort of testing he might want to have done. Well, he's got to find, he's got to, you feel free to call the show and, and we can, you know, get you going the right direction. Yeah, call Dr. Collender's office directly at eight, um, 866-COLLENDER, K-O-L-E-N-D-E-R. Yes, thanks. So back to COVID. Is that where we were? Right, sure. Or, or we can talk about <laughs> no. Uh, no. Well, we can talk about prevention, yeah. too, along with well, COVID. Well, I mean, I still think we're not talking about prevention now that there's, I mean, it's all come down to get a vaccine, don't get a vaccine, and that's the only conversation, and it's a much more complex conversation than that. And uh, I still think that it's there's more common sense reason to get vaccinated now than ever before for the people skeptical of getting a vaccine. And if you're skeptical still, we're happy to hear about why. Yeah, um, what is it people are skeptical about? I mean, I just don't get it. I mean, there, there hasn't been so much adverse reaction to the vaccine. So it would seem to me that I'm not understanding what people are skeptical about. It comes down to where they're getting information. So the people looking for negative information about the vaccine are finding it. Just like people looking for reasons to get the vaccine and, you know, why, you know, half the country is crazy are finding that information. Yeah, I mean, so I don't know the up-to-date numbers in Michigan, but isn't it just like 50 or 60 percent of Michiganders have been vaccinated? That's pretty low. I'd be surprised if it's even that high, right? Yeah, I, I don't know. I thought it was 50% we were well, at. I don't know. I, I, I don't know either. I mean, I'm, but even so, 50% is poor when you've got ads all over the place. You've got ads on TV. You've got all kinds of places saying, come on in, drive by. Well, well but those ads aren't going to convince someone who hasn't been vaccinated yet. 
So if you've been vac- if you haven't been vaccinated, you know, nothing's going to get you to get vaccinated unless, you know, unless so- there's a real change in your perception of what the vaccine is. So um, there's a lot of reasons people don't want to get the vaccine. I wish I would knew what they all were, but I think a lot of it has to do with um, they think that information's being hidden, that it's not, that it's much more dangerous than it seems, that we're not being given the data, um, that it's not proven. There may be long-term side effects um, that haven't been, you know, that haven't been expressed to us. And so I want to say that all of these concerns boil down to a lack of trust. Mm-hmm. You know, this is just a lack of trust in the people who are giving information. And so we can't undo all of that today, but based on what's happening right now, I would have to say that the concept that we were we are all immune based on passive exposure or prior COVID, um, and that having had the virus is the same as getting vaccinated just may not be true. And I'm saying may not be because I don't know. We're learning as we go still. But it it makes sense to me to say that if people in, in certain areas are getting a lot of this Delta variant, then whatever herd immunity has been established in that community is not enough for those people, which means herd immunity has not been established. All right, let's come back and talk about more about that on the other side of the break. Again, you're listening to a special live medical broadcast. If you have a specific question and you'd like to talk to the doctor directly about what you need to do to avoid heart attack and stroke, or if you have a question on any of the subjects we're discussing tonight, please give us a call at 800-859-0957. Again, that's 800-859-0957. You're listening to News Talk 760 WJR. Welcome back to our special live medical broadcast on News Talk 760 WJR. We're fortunate to have Dr. Brian Collender, MD, internal medicine physician and specialist in prevention, here tonight to give us some straight talk about two important topics, prevention and being proactive. We're inviting you to call in with your questions at 800-859-0957. Again, that's 800-859-0957. Siobhan, wait, Siobhan has a question, right? Okay. Yeah, so we actually have a caller on the line. We have Gary from Belleville. Gary, what's your question? Um, Actually, I sort of had two questions. Uh, The first one, since you're talking about uh, CV-19 or CV-20 or whatever the current version is, um, the Novavax vaccine, which is going to be, I guess, uh, applying for emergency use authorization in a couple months, does that seem like that would be a good one to take or an effective one to take, or does the doctor have an opinion on that one? I think we might have had trouble hearing you on that. Could you? No, hear, I heard, he's, you heard he's, okay. yeah, he. Okay. He wants to know whether or not if there's another a booster vaccine or oh, another vaccine, vaccine. If okay. he should get another vaccine for this new Delta variant. Well, the answer is no, because the current vaccines are effective against the, you know, alpha. Bravo, Charlie, Delta virus, you know, vaccine right. variants that we have Whatever now. Whatever the variants are, right. And we talked about this off the air is 
why is Pfizer advertising marketing? They're going to come up with a new vaccine for the Delta variant when the one that they had already covers it and it's proven out that it's working through in real-world situations. It's an obvious money grab and creating more animosity among people who are skeptical about getting the vaccine in the first place. So the booster that will eventually happen and needs to happen is going to be for a variant that hasn't yet emerged. So now it won't hurt to get a booster because that'll just be more immunity to whatever else is coming. But I don't know that it needs to happen now. Why make a booster for a vaccine we already have for? It just it just sounds obviously greedy. Mm-hmm. Gary, did you have a second question if you're still on the line? Yeah, I'm still on the line. I guess okay. my apparently my transmission is not that clear, but um, what I was asking about was, you know, somebody mentioned hesitancy to get the experimental gene therapies that, that you know, Pfizer and the, the mRNA jobs. There is a an actual vaccine that Novavax has developed that, that they'll be Novavax. asking approval for in the next little bit. And does the doctor feel that the Novavax vaccine would be a good one because it's actually a vaccine, not a genetic therapy? But then also I was interested in, do you have some way to detect cardiac problems before they happen? I mean, is it blood tests, some other high-tech tests? How do you figure out potential cardiac problems other than a heart attack? Well, I'm going to – well. I'm going to choose to not right. Thank you, because we could not follow what you were saying about the. No, but vaccine. I know what he was asking about the about prevention, and that's what we're all about here is right. talking about what you have to do to prevent a heart attack. And let's also talk about the commercial that was on while we we're on break about you know right. um, how to identify a stroke while you're having a stroke. Yeah. How about identify if you're going to have a stroke in the future? Right. And stop it from happening before it even gets close to happening. Mm-hmm. And that's what we do and talk about every day, which is preventing disease. And, and again, why aren't they talking about preventing COVID? You know, when you can do a lot of the things that we do for preventing heart disease, also protect, protect you from COVID. You know, so if you're reducing your risk, so Gary, you're asking, you know, the key is identifying your risk and doing the right kind of test to identify your risk and then having the ability to follow the progress of the program that you take. Uh, again, going back to Ron, you know, you just can't wing it and take EDTA every six months. You really need to know where you are. Get labs that measure progress. Have a plan to identify all of the conditions that may lead to you having a heart attack or stroke and address them before they develop. And then that's prevention. Well, can we mention some of the tests or a test that might be helpful for him? Because I think that's what he was asking specifically. So the most important test that I do in the office is called a CIMT test. It's a carotid intima media thickness test. And it's an ultrasound of the wall of your arteries. So it's a very quick test. It's 20 minutes and it's ultrasound. So there's no needles and it's inexpensive. And this tells me about the layers of your artery, which we can follow over time. And as those artery walls get smaller, so does your risk of having an event. And as we've talked about on our Sunday show, you know, sometimes we're not all on, you know, we're not on a straight line to prevention. 
I may get someone whose results aren't what I want to see. Well, it's okay because they didn't have an event. They didn't have a stroke or a heart attack. I just got a little more signs that we need to do different things and we need to do or we need to do better at what we're trying to do. Um, another test that you can do is a CT calcium score of the heart, which is a CAT scan of the heart that's uh, inexpensive, done at the hospitals. And if you have plaque or calcium deposits in the wall of your artery, then you're at risk. And this is a reason to get actively involved in your care and do not accept the answer from your doctor. Don't worry about it. It's mild. Plaque is not normal and should be addressed aggressively. Yeah, if you're making plaque, you're going to continue to make plaque, and that's what's leading towards having a cardiac event. So I'm not really too sure that people can, the listeners or the patients out there, can trust their doctors to do anything with that, with those test results, because we've had many callers, and I've known of many people who went and got the uh, the CT cardiac calcium scoring test at the hospital, came back with a score, sometimes 100, 300, 400, and they went back to their doctor and said, what should we do about this? And the answer is, we'll keep an eye on it. Keeping an eye on it is not what you are all about. You're all about stopping the making and the continuation of plaque and reversing and getting rid of the plaque, and that's what people ought to do. It's a shame they have to be their own advocate. Well, these are all missed opportunities. You know, I, right. these, are, these are disease identification moments that your doctor's ignoring. You know, and so for things to go your way, a lot of things happen to happen, need to happen the right way, which is you've got to have a problem or find something. Your doctor has to listen to it, and then the right thing has to be done with that information. And when it comes to prevention, that none of those things happen. Now, you may ask for the test that identifies disease, and when it's identified, the doctor you're going to has no idea what to do with it. So that unfortunately, is a common refrain we hear all the time on the radio, and it blows our mind every time. It's not that they don't know what to do with it. It's that they, it's easier to pam the person off, the patient off, onto a cardiologist who also might not necessarily be interested or be following the idea of reversing the making of plaque. I mean, I don't know anybody outside of you that's doing this. Well, cardiologists are not trained to prevent disease, they're trained to identify critical stenosis and then deal with that. The key word is waiting for critical stenosis to occur. And that is just what it is, critical. And that's not a preventive mindset. The preventive mindset is stop you from getting to a point that you need anything. You you know, it's, it's stop you from getting to a place where you need a procedure or surgery stop you from having an event where you may die or have a severe disability or need, you know, be in need of chronic attention the rest of your life. So the system is designed to find something that requires a procedure. And, and that's so that's what, what the cardiologists are around for. The cardiologists are basically waiting to put a stent in. And that's all they're good at fu- doing. I mean, they're right. very good at it. And there's plenty of people that need stents. And when you need a stent, there's great cardiologists who are, very skilled at doing your stent and saving your life in that moment, but they're not trained at stopping that event from happening. And that's what prevention is all about. 
Okay, we have to take a quick break. And in the meantime, you are listening to a special live broadcast from the studios of Startup Nation in downtown Birmingham. And if you have a specific question on the subject we're discussing tonight and you would like to talk to the doctor directly, please give us a call. Now is your chance at 800-859-0957. Again, that number is 800-859-0957. You're listening to News Talk. 760 WJR. Welcome back to the final segment of our special live broadcast here on News Talk 760 WJR on the importance of being proactive and informed of the resources available to prevent and treat the chronic and debilitating diseases we've come to accept as inevitable. We're broadcasting live from the Startup Nation studios in downtown Birmingham, and you're listening to the expert advice of Dr. Brian Collender, MD, internal medicine physician and specialist in prevention. If you have a question for the doctor, now is your chance to call at 800-859-0957. Again, that's 800-859-0957. Dr. Collender, over the break, we continued to talk about the caller, Ron, who had called in about a question or wanted to discuss chelation therapy. Do you want to enlarge on that a little bit and yeah, come back to it? I, I felt, I realized I changed topics because I couldn't believe he was being his own doctor. Um, to everybody, you, That's what everybody's right, doing. Right. Everybody has to be their own doctor because they're not getting led by their, the doctor they have. Well, we, correct. And that's what we, well, anyway, not, we, I was too busy berating Ron to actually... <laughs> You know, he brought up a point, and the part of the show is to let people know about what's available that they may not know about. So this is something you all need to know about that's available. Um, so there's a study that was done using intravenous chelation. It was published in, like, 2013, and it showed that if you are diabetic and had a heart attack and and got IV therapy with chelation, with supplements your that treatment prevented you from having another heart attack and and kept you alive um to a very high degree so the the study was very well done um it was statistically ridiculous in terms of its benefit to that treatment group so for instance they also study people that weren't diabetic or diabetics that didn't have heart disease and the benefit was there, but not to the degree it was if you're diabetic and you had a heart attack. So if you're in this group, chelation will literally save your life. Now, I wouldn't look at it as the only therapy you should do. These people were also on statins. They were also on the right kind of blood pressure pills. They had their diabetes managed effectively. So all those things need to be in play as well. But it, it was a phenomenal study. And what did the FDA do? They made them repeat the study, and I'm gonna. We talked about this off the air. I'm gonna predict that at no point will IV chelation be covered by insurance because it's generic, and there isn't a giant pharmaceutical company available, you know, who's gonna sell a generic product. You know, is that just the, the whole system's based on having a pharma company, you know, sell something at a high price? So, how many patients? in this high-risk group are, can avail themselves of their primary care physician or 
or their cardiologist of writing the prescription or for giving them a chelation therapy? Zero. Zero. You, this is something So they did the study to no, find... Well, they, you're talking about the study. You're talking about the study of the listeners. What can the listeners do? I understand, but it's already been proven that this works. Right. You already, you, you advocated for this. You said this yes. works. This prevents heart attack. And now all of a sudden we fell off the cliff because nobody's getting it. Well, the FDA required another study. So the, the study is being repeated. So it's going to take another, you know, the, the new study started around 2015. It'll probably, it'll probably take to another two, three years to unblind the data. We have to do another yeah, show so on we, this because we, we, we have two calls. We've got to jump in. Calls. So we, first of all, we have John in Oxford. John, what's your question? Uh, Dr. Collender, thank you very much for another excellent show. Uh, I'm 75. I have blood, high blood pressure under control, but I also have a slight Barrett's esophagus problem, so I sleep on a triangle wedge to avoid it getting into my throat. Hmm. But what happens, what has been happening is I'm not sleeping very well. So I wonder what, and I don't want to take any real drugs or pain pills for sleeping. I do take a 10 millimeter or 10 uh, milligram uh, melatonin. But do you have anything else that would help me sleep? Well, great question. This is actually a complicated problem that you have because it's it's multifaceted, um, and I'm so I'm my, my what I really want to tell you is you got to work on your Barrett's esophagus and heal your gut by, you know, there's natural things you can do to heal your gut, and if you can heal your gut, you'll be able to lay down flat and sleep better. So the real problem here is this managing this precancerous condition that you have. That can be done. Um, it's just going to require a lot of work on your part and some creativity, let's say, on my part. But, exactly. the, but the tools are available to help you, um, but that's the problem. It's, you know, it's not a, you know, yes, there's always sleep issues, but you've got to heal your gut problem, and, and, and you've got to get to work on that. And then all the rest of it will fall into place. Again, taking action, being proactive, and being your own advocate. Siobhan, you have another caller? Yeah, so up next we have Jane in St. Clair Shores. Jane, what's your question? Uh, my question is that my husband had two TIAs about five or six years ago. And uh, since that time, uh, he's been having trouble with drooling during the day and night. He does not have diabetes. Blood, He's got low blood pressure. And we would like to try the hybrid chamber but no one will let us do it what hyperbaric oxygen chamber no one will let yes. you do it no well, who would prevent I mean, a patient well, from well, not let, getting let, let, let okay go answer. ahead know, but, you're the well, doctor I mean, but there's no there's no data that hyperbaric treatment is going to prevent you from having a stroke so you know he's had tias he's having drooling he may have had a stroke you know so now he's having trouble controlling his uh so without you knowing it he may have had another stroke or a stroke and now he's having you know, symptoms of a stroke. So you need to get on the ball ASAP to get him on a program to prevent further events. You know, so this is not prevention anymore. This is, you've got a, you've got a major problem going on that you're not recognizing and forget hyperbaric oxygen. Now there's roles for it, but not for me. 
Okay, but what should this uh, caller do? What should she do for her husband? Who should he see next? What kind of well, doctor I mean, should he go call to? Call the you know call the office, and we can direct you. Um, you we can talk and see if the what I do is right for you. But uh, I mean, it would be, but you got to choose to come in. And again, that number is eight six six Colander K O L E N D E R. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, people. That's what I mean. People are lost. You know, they're out there and they don't know what to do, well, and they. There's therapies out there that are helpful for some things, and they're a little over-promoted. And so, I mean, today, I don't have a role for hyperbaric oxygen, you know, in preventing heart attack, strokes, and dementia. Um, doesn't mean it's bad for other things. It just doesn't, it's not there for me. Mm-hmm. So it's, um, what I'm doing is working. Um, we're trying to get a little more holistic in what we do, but, um, you know, this person went from not drooling to drooling who said TIAs. Well, he may have had a stroke. Yeah, that's the unfortunate thing is he's, it looks, it sounds like a patient that fell between the cracks. Well, they're trying to do something. They just they don't, just know, don't what know what to, to do. Right. They right. don't know what to do. And, and obviously they're not getting any guidance from whoever's their, right. their and, primary and, care doctor. Well, but the lack of guidance leads people to like get online right. and mm-hmm. Google things and whatever comes up, whoever paid the most for SEO you know, yeah, content. Oh, I guess I'm doing hyperbaric today to treat my stroke. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, not to, again, I'm not knocking hyperbaric. I just, it just doesn't play a role in my plan. So anything for the quick fix doesn't work. Anyway, unfortunately, we're out of time. So I'd l- quickly like to thank Dr. Brian Collender, MD, specialist in prevention, for being here tonight and for being willing to share his expertise and knowledge with regards to not only the prevention of disease, but also on the importance of being proactive and engaging with a practice that provides access to the necessary testing. This show is brought to you by Colander Medical. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cronin, and we hope you got some useful information tonight on how to be your own advocate and take charge of your health, whatever your medical journey. Please continue to tune in to our shows Thursday at 7 and Sunday at 3 o'clock for the latest medical updates. And thanks for listening to News Talk 760 WJR. Good night and be well.